Bears Country Podcast. Son of a beeswax, I tell you, it is not easy running a podcast. I'm so sorry we ran late tonight, guys. We had some technical difficulties. Turns out it was on my end. We thought it might have been nomads, but uh, that's how it goes. I apologize. Listen, we have a quarterback who is transcending. He's like a transcendent quarterback. We have a quarterback who just hit 1,000 yards rushing, and he clearly has an opportunity to break the record this season. I, I, I don't even know what to do with myself. I mean, it's kind of weird because we have a quarterback, yet he's – putting up running back numbers and he is getting better in the passing game. We all see it. We know he's coming along. We know he's going to get there and man, is it going to be exciting to watch when he does. So we got nomad coming up here. We got a special show. This is going to be a lot of fun. We're going to do some, some tape breakdown and stuff, not breakdown, but just kind of look at some of the plays. This is going to be a great show. Sorry about running late. Kitty, let's kick this shit off. country where is it it's in your man cave your home your car your local bar city state it's across the world it's in your heart and it's here the bears country podcast Welcome to Bears Country Podcast. Oh, it's another exhilarating loss. <laughs> I mean, it's almost the kind of loss we can celebrate because we have maintained, or I should say, re we've gotten back our second pick in the draft. And I know that doesn't make me happy either. I wanted to win. I thought we were going to win this game. We had the game in hand. And uh, just to answer your question, uh, Foster, uh, no, Dan is not joining us tonight. He has to, uh, he's broadcasting a college or a high school basketball game. So he won't be joining us tonight. Uh, but it's just going to be Nomad Night tonight. Nomad, how are you feeling about this game? First of all, look, this is a barroom production. Mm-hmm. And I got one question for you What are we drinking tonight? Uh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Before you answer that question, if you say anything other than hard liquor, 
and some cheap ass beer. I'm buying you a purse and a bra for Christmas, motherfucker. Sweet. I can give that to my wife because I don't have anything to get her yet. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, my friend, because I'm drinking fucking seltzers. <laughs> that's just bad, man. That's that's fucking. We got man, there's no there's no hard liquor allowed in this house. I get myself in trouble with that shit. <laughs> man, it's a bar room, man. We need people to black out drunks and make bad decisions at the end of the night with some big chick at the end of the bar with buck teeth that you regret in the next day. It works great when you're not hosting a podcast. <laughs> she's, she's down there slamming Natty Ices all night, and you're just trying to figure out a reason to go down there and say something to her. She's down there by herself. Uh-huh. <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> No, I'm just doing the, uh, it's basically water with a little bit of alcohol in it. It's just, um, it keeps me, it keeps me thin, Nomad. Okay. <laughs> keeps my grandma thin too. <laughs> so, I mean, the game, I mean, seriously, it, it's, it's kind of a good way to open it, right? Another exhilarating loss because it seemed like another one of those games that we lost that we didn't lose. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, I, like I like I told you before, disconnect your feelings from it all, and just watch for the details. Look at what they're putting in place. Mm-hmm. Look at what's what's gratifying to me watching the games now is just watching everything I keep hearing. Some people call boring ass Matt Eberflus when he goes to the podium. Everything that he said that he was putting in place and the standards and the the culture that he's trying to create with this team, I see it. I see it. You know why? And I'm just get get off on a little side story because I went to a program like that in college, and his co- and those coaches, my head coach was exactly like Matt Eberflus. It's one of those. It's one of those old school guys, constantly harping on, you know, the fundamentals, the basics, hitting, striking, all that kind of stuff, and tackling. And at first, it's like a. And just to just to put it out there, as a freshman, we our team was exactly like the Bears team is right now. We brought a new regime in there, brought all these different new recruits from all over the country. And these people were the ones who were going to set the standard for the new crop that came in after us. Mm-hmm. And that's what I see happening right now. He they they just they just pound to the point the message that he pounds, you're starting to hear Justin Fields sound like him. And that's what you want. You want your leader to be echoing your message. If you notice when you hear Justin Fields talking about finishing games and different things like that, establishing a culture, that's directly related to Matt Eberflus and him harping on it and not letting up on it and the rest of those coaches in that locker room. It's a beautiful thing to see because I know from from my team, that year I came in there, they would that team was shit. And by the time, what was it, two years later, Who's holding up national championships. And so I see exactly that going on here right now. It's about, it's about the buy-in. And I'm telling you right now, that's a tough... I told you guys on the last show, don't let no fucking body tell you that this isn't a good football team. This is a really good football team with subpar talent. They play their asses off. That is a fucking great way to put it. And we I talked about the buy-in from day one on Bears Country Podcast. Go ahead. No, I was just saying, we talked about the buy-in from day one. I think one of our shows was named the something about the buy-in. You know, it was one of our first shows together, and you're still seeing it here. I, I know there's 
I don't really know how much speculation there there is on uh, around you know the Twitterverse because I really try like as much as I can to stay off of it. I know I need to be on it more for you know running a podcast, but you know even like my good friend, my best friend, he says that he doesn't he he, he doesn't he he doesn't buy into this hits philosophy anymore. He thinks it's bullshit, and I, I try to kind of explain to him that. That's gonna. You're only hearing about that so much right now because it's so new. So, all the reporters and everyone—that's all they had to talk about because we brought in this new regime. They preached the hits principle, right? And then now here we are going into you know game what fifteen or something, fourteen next, and the, the the reporters are still talking about the hits principle, right? They're still asking them questions about it. In Two years from now, you're not going to be hearing about the hits principle. They're not going to be jamming it down at everyone's throats. It's going to become part of the culture of the team. You're going to learn it from day one when you walk in the door, and you're going to follow that code until you become a professional in that system. And if it doesn't work out for you, you're going to move on. I don't. I really do believe that. Uh, to disagree with my friend, that. This is this the hits principle is something that does work because it does give the buy-in, like you said, Nomad. And no matter how you look at it, you still have to. You got a bunch of young men running around here, just full of testosterone, you know, running at full speed everywhere. You have to control that. You have to have you have to have stoplights. You have to have stop signs. You have to have yield signs. You know, all that shit comes into play when you're controlling this large of a group of people and the dynamics from ages and you know, uh, quality of profession and so on and so forth. So I'm glad that you brought up the buy-in because I, I, I do believe that you're seeing that. Do, do, you, do you see what Foster covers and, and Lynn Hayden, what, what they're saying in the chat is it's important. And I want to, I'm highlighting what they said in particular. Thank you. Lynn. Um, you know, Foster, Foster goes a long way with this team, a long way. It sounds like he goes way back and, He's watching a losing season. And to the average person watching a Bears game or watching a Bears season, it seems like a bunch of the same old. Mm -hmm. But what's going on is, I mean, it's really, you, you're actually watching the, the brickwork being done right in front of you mm -hmm. so that you have something to stand on. And it's it's strange. Kitty, I'm going to pull up this, this thing so you can remove Nomad. Uh, th it's just strange to see the bears sitting here with the second pick in the draft i mean it you know espn came out and said or was a sports illustrated that the bears were going to have the first pick in the draft you know and we all i mean you and i both had in that 11 and 6 so we scoffed our asses off at that and here we are sitting it's strange to sit here and look at this team sitting here right now with three games to go and they only have or they're in they're at, they're at the second pick that is something that I have haven't seen since we traded up to to get that pick in, in my lifetime so it's 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 weird because it doesn't feel that way you know what I mean it, it just doesn't feel that way I'm gonna ruin it now Katie take it away well I mean I wouldn't get too too enamored with what what pick we what pick we have because I'm not I mean, enamored with it I'm just I'm just it's just shocking to see that on paper you know yeah, I mean it's it's nice. I mean, at the end of the day, like I seen Greg talking on the show today, at the at the very least, you end up with the number two pick. 
but there's a lot of scenarios that can happen playing off of that number two pick or number three or wherever we ended up end up picking. There's a lot to be had out there. And, you know, you just unless you feel like you have a guy that can change the, you know, the, the, the re- direction of the franchise immediately, you don't get so enamored with that pick that you are blind and deaf to everything going on around you as far as the opportunities that can come about right. off of that pick. So, I mean, I, I like being – it feels good to be at that spot with, with, with some really good players sitting there. But I'm also of the mind that, hey, there's a lot of games that can be played here in this situation, I'm, and I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. And it's got me, strangely enough, sitting here at the second pick has me looking at quarterbacks again. <laughs> I thought I was done looking at quarterbacks, but the reason why I have been looking at them is to see like the, the potential of what teams are going to be, because we all know what happens when the season ends, right? Everyone goes into draft mode, fans, you know, I should say the teams first, then the fan, you know, we're all part of it. And you, when you start looking at what's, what, the quarterback value is for that pick that let's just say it ends up at the second pick or the third pick, what the quarterback value is of that. And so it got me into looking at quarterbacks and someone that I like that I think is going to kind of jump up the board, not to get off subject. Cause we're, we'll talk about all this in the future, but like Anthony was it Richardson from Florida and Will Levis from Kentucky. Those are two guys. I think you're going to see slide up the board um, and they're going to cause teams to want to kind of go into panic mode and trade for one of those players. I, I really believe, it. especially Will Levis, because that guy's not only does he have a cannon, but his release is probably what it looks like it's Dan Marino times two. He has the most ridiculous release. So if you're looking at maybe um, a team like Indianapolis, that might feel like somebody might want to trade up to get Will Levis or something like that. And they might want it. Like there could be a, there's just so many opportunities that can come from having that pick that it's going to be a lot of fun to dive into when the season is over and really speculate on things. Yeah. I, I mean, in every, in every draft, there's going to be guys like, like let's say Bryce Wilson. I mean, what's his name? Zach Wilson. I keep saying Bryce. I don't know why, but I mean, you look like the guy on the cartoon that ends up with his, instead of a head, he's got a sucker. I mean, mean, because you you keep looking at that kind of stuff and and evaluating based on, you know, things like that. Dude, I'm not saying that a guy like Will Levis can't play in this league. He can. There's room for him to play and be very a very good football player in this league. But I think this league is trending towards I think everybody's looking for Justin Fields. The next Justin Fields, whoever that might be, I think that dynamic he brings to your offense. You can't shy away from that. If you're in a position to draft a player that can bring that dynamic to your offense. So I think to me, he just, I think he's revolutionary, not revolutionizing the, the game in a way that more, more times than not, a GM is going to be bent towards someone that plays like Justin Fields. Right. Versus a Will Levis, not to say that he won't get drafted high. He probably will, but, I'm thinking GMs are starting to look at that. Yeah, the GMs are moving into more of that running the quarterback who has the ability to do both, to beat you with his legs or his arm. Dyn- and, brings a dynamic to your offense. 
Mm -hmm. And it's fun to be a Bears fan at this time when they finally have a quarterback who is part of this generational movement towards the new style of play of quarterback, isn't it? Say that, say that again. It's fun to be a Bears fan who having a quarterback who is now now starting to become a trend that the, the NFL is moving towards because of our quarterback. You know what I mean? We've never seen that before. I heard you say uh, a, a quarterback that transcends transcends the game right. and is connected to the Chicago Bears. It doesn't even sound right coming out of your fucking mouth, does it? No. <laughs> and I, if I would have, you know, 12-year-old Dan – or twenty-year-old Dan, who you know was have been—that's basically my my scouting of quarterbacks began when I was about seventeen or eighteen, and hasn't stopped until Justin Fields. In fact, it recontinued. Just trying to look at, like I said, what we can get for for that pick. I would have never expected that quarterback to have broken the record, the the Bears' record for rushing, and be on the cusp. I mean, he only only needs 70 yards a game for the next three games, and he'll break the record. I did not see that coming. I I, I thought it would be, you know, someone that had – but he, he does have the other qualities I was looking for, you know, the, the touch on the ball. I, the only thing, if, if we're going to sit here – if I'm gonna, if I have to make any criticism of Justin Fields, I would say that I just wish he had a little quicker release because that's one of the things that I think is a, a – big trait for an NFL quarterback is that the speed of how quickly you get rid of that ball out of your hand makes a big difference. And if you can combine all the other skills that it takes to be a great quarterback and have that, you're fucking golden. So, I mean, right now, if I had to criticize anything about him, it would just be, I wish there was a little bit of a quicker release, but that's just like, you know, pulling hairs. I'm just trying to find something wrong with him. He's developing. He's he's getting better. It's going to come to him. You see that he has the talent, the, the the deep ball skills. He has the accuracy. It's going to come. So so basically, if you you're sitting here with Justin Fields in your lap, and the only real criticism out of everything you've seen is his mechanical release of the ball, and you're probably talking about short yardage area. You know, just being able to snap that ball out there really fast and and give that yeah. person that he's throwing that ball. I know what you're talking about. We saw we saw a bunch of those misses, right? That seems to be like that little bubble screen that he has a heart. In fact, I have some. I got a bunch of clips we're going to pull up, and we could talk about that when we when when we have those because we're going to get into that a little bit. That's that's you're right. So I, also, I mean, I think it also would help with, you know, like Greg Gabriel was saying earlier today on on the bar. They were. Dan and Greg were talking, or Aldo and Greg were talking about, um, you know, him getting. They were showing some examples of throw the ball now, you know, and I and I think that's where the quick release would come in if he. It, and I'm not sure if he can get there because I think that's something that's that you're born with more that you can you can learn. You know what I mean? No, absolutely not. That's a if if that's if that's what you. Actually, you're right. You're right. You're right. Because Aaron Rodgers is the perfect example of that. He had a terrible throwing motion coming out of college, and now his the flick of the wrist. And I apologize. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but you're right. No, it's just it's if that's the problem. If that's that's the issue. If if you notice it, I've noticed it. Lynn and everybody else in this chat are noticing it. What do you think he's noticing? 
You don't think he's going to get in the lab and fix his mechanical issues and start a grow start growing off of those? He's going to get in the lab. You see how determined this dude is to be great and be a winner. He's going to get in the lab and he's going to start working on that. And it's just a matter of repetition, just like anything else. You know, I was a, a, a poor jump shooter when I was in the eighth grade. And my coach told me, he said, you have the ability to be a great jump shooter. This is what you have to do. And he got on me about my technique and being able to have a quick mechanical release instead of the, you know, I, I jumped really high to release the ball. It was like a rainbow shot. And he's like, and he showed me ways that I could shorten my shot. You know, I don't have to get all the way into my, into the top of my jump to release this ball. You can start the release process on your way up. Right. And that's this isn't football. I'm just telling you, it was a mechanical thing. By the time midway through my freshman year, I was better than any upperclassman shooting the ball on the team. It was just me determined to put the reps in and 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 just get better. And I was I turned out to be a great jump shooter. Mm -hmm. But that's that's just with anything you put in the reps, you can change anything about you about your mechanics that you want. It's not a talent thing. It's just about changing the dynamics of what you do and you how long did it take you before you had developed that were you still in eighth grade or were you in high school by then well i was i was still in eighth grade and i took it to heart i went every yeah. chance i got i took it to the park wherever i could in the gym mm -hmm. shit i was trying to get it and when you're in like a, a professional field like justin fields growing up your whole life with a certain mechanics, it's going to take a little bit of time for you to change those mechanics. It's not just going to happen in one season. I mean, it did not happen for Aaron Rodgers in one. In fact, we never even saw the transition because they they put him behind the the state, you know, behind the curtains for three years before he came out. Because Aaron Rodgers' release in college was fucking terrible, and that's why I believe he fell down the board so quickly. You know, because he was supposed to be the first pick that draft, and he he tumbled. That's, you know, we all remember that draft, but his release is a hundred percent different than it was then. And, and I'm not saying that, um, you know, his release can't be fixed. I'm just saying it'll, it's going to take some time. And if I had to make one criticism, I would just like to see that be a little bit quicker. And it, I believe it will happen because of the things you said, the kid puts in the time, the effort, he loves the game. He doesn't make the same. He rarely makes the same mistakes twice. My dogs are running around uh playing right now i apologize if you can hear that no it's it's all um, good man what what it is this is like what i was talking we were talking about in the chat earlier on on uh greg and aldo's show it's it's we're talking about alex leatherwood and why he's struggling the guy has a uh, left tackle muscle memory and he's right. trying to he's trying to rep and teach himself out of the left left tackle muscle memory that's what he knows and they're putting them on the right side and trying it's it takes a while to get that out of your muscle memory not only that once he's got it out of his muscle memory to teach himself and be coached into the right side techniques that can help you get better and so that you master the right side technique and so just like anything else it just takes time to rep it out of you mm -hmm. before you get better and then you can master it I saw you. I saw you saying that. What's up, Steve? I saw you saying that uh, in chat on uh, with Greg. Um, and I agree with you. I mean, 
you can see the same kind of thing with Tevin Jenkins when they tried to move him to the left. You know, he has that he had that great kick out from the right guard position or the right tackle position, that first step that he kicked out, and trying to take that because it, it it could be about ambidextrousness too, right? Like the person might be a right-handed person and he can't do that well. He needs to be a left-handed. Yeah, hold on a second. I'm gonna mute myself. My 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 dogs are playing. You got a dog, doggy daycare and shit going on right now. My, my dogs are brother and sister, and they play, and they get very ferocious sounding like they're going to kill each other. I just don't want anybody like thinking that there's a dog fight going on behind there. <laughs> All I hear is... <sighs> Guys, relax. Go in mommy's room and play. <laughs> okay. You know, <clears throat> talk, I mean, I don't think... I think people jump to such broad conclusions about a player and not, and they don't really know what it takes to have to uh, adjust on the fly with, I mean, we asking, we're like Leatherwood, we're asking a guy to move to a foreign side of the football field for the last couple of years. It's been taking him his time to, um, to, to adjust to it and develop his muscle memory to, to be a right side player. Don't mm-hmm. underestimate what your muscle memory would cause on a football field. Technique wise, it, it could, you know, I I completely understand some of the uh, problems he's had on the right side because it's gonna take time. Can't just jump to the conclusion, hey, he's no good. Let's just throw him away. Fuck all that, man. I'm not listening to nobody that's saying that. Given time, that man, if he wants to, can clean that out of his system. Mm-hmm. Just gonna take time. Yeah, it's going to take a little time to work that opposite. <laughs> and uh, sorry, my dogs are out here playing again. Jesus Christ. You might uh, want to let them dudes outside, man. I can't. I can't. There's no fenced in yard. <laughs> 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 They're all pent up because they didn't get to play today because I had to do this podcast and get ready for it. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's it's a, it's a it, it's it could be a an ambidextrity thing for lack of better words too, where he he's, he's a left-handed guy and it's easier for him to do that. Right. So I know if I know it would feel that way to me, if I was lined up on one side, especially for most of my career and then tried to move it over, I mean, especially when you talk about the professional level. So, I mean, like uh, Greg was saying, it's, he's a work in progress and it, he's probably going to be better suited at, at a guard position, I mean, wouldn't you agree? Well, let me point something out to you, right quick. And I just want to—I just want to get anybody that's out here in the chat. I just want to try to get you to picture what this might look like to you. So, I was a a, a left side corner. That's called the island on any football team. The best cornerback goes and plays on the left side, and uh, in a four-three defense. <clears throat> Been playing that position pretty much my whole life. Even in college, it was it was easy for me. But all of a sudden, my college coach wanted to move me into the slot as well. He wanted me to bounce back and forth. Now, you thinking, okay, how much of a difference can it be going from a left side corner, a hash corner, into a slot? Okay, okay, it's, it's like a few feet away from each other. You thinking to yourself, like, like, how hard could that be? No, 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 sir. You got to cover a lot more territory on in that slot. Mm-hmm. Well, that man goes, you go. I never had the ability to do that 
when you're a hash corner on on a side because a lot of time you're in zone and you can't come out of that zone to chase a guy down no when you when you're a slot corner that's a whole different technique that you have to learn so you look at the difference in um what you saw out of out of out of Kyler Gordon early in the season versus now right took him time to put those in his files those those mistakes and those those lessons that he had to learn in his files and he's he looks like a completely different player mm-hmm. at this point of the season now I like what Cliff said uh it's like jumping in a car with a right hand drive where you shift with your left hand it's, it's like, yeah it's like going to Europe it's, and driving a five speed right yeah because <laughs> you'd be like first off I'm doing this with my left hand I have to shift this thing and they'd be like wait I wonder. That's a. I'm sure the car still has first gear all the way to the left, right, left and over, left and up. <laughs> I would imagine it does, but that would be di- uh, weird because you would think you'd be doing it the opposite with your left hand, right? You'd, you'd want to go in and up instead of out and up. Feel like you're going in reverse almost, you know? Uh, it's it's weird. It's just one of those things. You just it just takes you time to get used to. I don't. That's why I don't jump to such broad conclusions when it comes to these these players because. Like the Valus Jones thing. Let me just go ahead and get it on out there before everybody starts with the Valus Jones shit. I'm not I'm not gonna be that guy who who I'm not gonna go along with the crowd and just shit on the guy and say, hey, you know what, just because I want a hot take, he all right, we tried, he doesn't work, let's just get him out of here. No. What I would do, and I'm thinking the coaches are probably thinking the same thing, is you believed in the guy when you drafted him, right? Right. You had complete belief in what he could bring to your team and your offense when you drafted him. Right. He's having a hard season. He's having a problem with his techniques, his techniques mm-hmm. with carrying the ball. Instead of instead of the hot take and wanting to run him out of town, if I'm the GM or a coach, I'm doubling down. I'll mm-hmm. find a specialist in the offseason because there's specialists for everything you want to do on that football field, whether it's throwing the ball you want to you want to improve your feet they got specialists out there for everything even carrying a football mm-hmm. he can't get better you double down and you invest in him mm-hmm. if you really believe in him you invest in him mm-hmm. and get that corrected so that he can produce on the football field like you drafted him to do i'm not gonna be i'm more like don burr no matter what i don't want to hear none of that bullshit i'm riding with my guys right i wish chicago bears fans would be more like that Give the guy a chance. He has had a horrible first season. Let it wash over. Give him a chance to correct it. If he can't correct it down the road next year, then we start talking about that kind of stuff. But give him a chance to get – I mean, I've seen guys like Tiki Barber, Tyree Hill, you know, guys, Devontae Adams. I've seen guys have that problem, and I've seen it be corrected. Very productive football players, all three of the people I just named. Marv Levy said it the best. Per Greg Gabriel's Greg Gabriel's credit. <laughs> let a rookie be a rookie, right? Just let a rookie be a rookie. Stop. Put yourself in his perspective. Put yourself in his shoes. The kids jumped onto the NFL scene. Yeah, he's a little bit older. He thought he could handle it. But even Getzy himself said that, you know, that the, the offense is it takes a little bit of time to learn. And when you're when you're coming into the NFL as a rookie, and you're learning you're learning any offense for the first time, it's difficult. But if if one is a little bit more difficult than the other, you know it's going to take a little bit of time. And I don't really, 
I believe that that's probably why they only have a certain things designed for him because I've been calling for, you know, a little bit more, but more plays that can get him some yak, you know, or maybe another deep ball or two, you know, just because he dropped the one doesn't mean you can't try it again. Just, just try to pick the, the kid's confidence back up um, and see what he can do. But clearly the offense takes a little bit of time to learn and, I'm not giving up on him myself. You know, most of his his issues have been on special teams. He had the fumble yesterday. I mean, how fucking crazy was that? That that thing just bounced perfectly and stayed in bounds. You know, that just that doesn't happen very often. Do you remember uh, Tiki Barber with the the championship New York Giants? Yeah, that dude was horrible. I mean, you think Valus is bad with holding the ball? This dude would cough it up like. Like he he was throwing away the game like the shave points or something like he had some kind of gambling bet or something man that dude couldn't hold the ball for shit anybody in this chat that remembers Tiki Barber will tell you that dude was horrible when he first got into the league at holding the ball mm-hmm. and he ended up being one of the better ball carriers in the league at the end of the day because they didn't give up on him you know what he started doing he started high pointing the ball with the, the way he carried the ball he carried it up at a point up and away from the guys that was swiping it at him. Mm-hmm. You know, so he made a, he made a, uh, it's I think a learning process. Coughlin got together and made an adjustment with this, with his uh, technique on how he managed the football and it made all the difference in the world. That's called investment. Mm-hmm. That's what that's called. You call somebody that came in and gave a fuck and said, you know what? We're not, we believed in you when we drafted you and we're not giving up on you. I'm going to show you how to do this the right way. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. He's not a he's not a trash heap pile. He's someone that you keep investing in. Uh, you drafted him for a reason, so just keep put put the the time and effort into him, and we'll see what happens next year with him. Because I think that I mean they still have to continue to develop him in the final three games. I think that's that's the one thing they should be trying to focus on. And he was in the had a lot of plays in this previous game. So hold on, hold on, hold on. Cliff is saying that Vela shouldn't have been a third round pick. I don't I don't know what way of thinking do we as as fans think we're we're smarter than than evaluators man these people thought that he was a third round pick because they believed in what he could bring to their offense mm-hmm. who am I if, to, to question that if that's the narrative then Braxton Jones shouldn't have been a fifth round pick right I mean that's right. that's just you know I respect the hell out of Cliff and what he brings to the table man but I don't I think that's a that's a that's a bad way to look at it, man. It's, that that just offers that just opens up the door for criticism that's not warranted, man. Who, who cares where somebody's draft? Yeah, because draft projections mean nothing when you know if if that was the case, Patrick Mahomes would have been the first pick or the second pick in that. Oh, I got it. Would he been the first pick in that draft? Over that? Uh, what? If the, if you were to redraft the Patrick Mahomes draft, would he have gone before? the the Browns defensive end absolutely okay so then he would be he would have been the first pick in the draft he was the 10th so or or the 11th whatever I think it was the 10th so projections really mean nothing because unless somebody is I mean look at Jack Sanborn he wasn't even drafted he stepped right in and just took over the tackling position and he's finding the lanes and he's getting there he's making the tackles his injury hurts this team because of that. 
even though Morrow had a good handful of tackles himself yesterday. But you're right. I mean, if there is some uh, bullshit to the projection system of things, because a football player is a football player. And you know what? If I had if I had hindsight as a measuring tool to how intelligent I am, I'm a fucking genius. <laughs> I'm an absolute genius because I have hindsight to get ahead of what's gonna come on, man. Stop with that stuff, man. Don't don't do that. That's not necessary. These are professionals, they know what they're doing. And give them an opportunity to prove what they've done so far you know the the guy can have a bad season man there's there's no way that this thing was ever going to play out perfectly and everybody that you drafted was going to be everything you wanted them to be and some right away no fucking way don't jump to those snap conclusions and be a hot take guy give it time let this stuff play out and we'll see later but don't be that guy a lot of these players that we drafted would have been giving or would have been given limited playing time while learning the system with the developed veterans that we had on this team. Like if we go back to, you know, the 2006 team, you know, the players, even the maybe 2005, even the players that they were drafting, you know, actually from like 2005 until like what, 2013, somewhere around there, the players that they were drafting were able to kind of come in and learn under the system because they had proven quality vets that were, you know, on that team before them, they were, they were learning from and they got plugged in and, you know, they, they became a part of the team. You know, there's, if we had a better team with more established quality starters on this team, we wouldn't be sitting here bitching about the rookies that we have that that aren't living up to their expectations for us because they've been playing so much. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's kind of a double-edged sword. Yeah. I mean, it's, I can, I can go on and on all day about that kind of stuff because if if I was if I had any wishes about you know what you bring to the what do you bring to the table no man what what are your what is what is it that you want to one of the things that you want to uh prove as for being on a show and being broadcast out there live I would want to one of the first things I would think of is I would want to try to help guys learn patience man it's 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 not as easy as you would think it is it's not as simple as it looks it's not as easy as it sounds mm-hmm. you, you have to just just fall back for a minute and give things a chance to develop somebody's mm-hmm. having a rough year a bad year okay take that for what it's worth if, if it's a grain of salt or if it's a mountain of it whatever it is for you just take it for what it's worth and just fall back and give give things a chance to play out because things can get better. You learn from these things. I agree. Let a rookie be a rookie. I think this is the perfect time to uh, segment into the next uh, section that I want to do the show. I want to do a little section here uh, called Who the Fuck is Nomad? And then when we're done with that, I want to kind of get into just a couple of the clips from the game that I have just to kind of go over some of the players that we were talking about and uh, we're going to have a little bit of fun before we do that. So Kitty, let's kick this off. I figured out who you are, Nomad. That's you right there, isn't it? I'm, you're, I'm pretty, 
I'm pretty you sure. Are, you are Mustafa Shakir. And I'm going to play a little clip here to prove it. Listen, to, I want you guys to listen to this. This is from a movie that Mustafa, I should say Nomad, is working on called, it's actually a TV show on Netflix called Cowboy Bebop. Listen to this. I'm going to go get some noodles. The hell you are. We've got to dissect this. This being? The Bomber's Manifesto. Oh. If we're going to find this guy, we got to figure out what kind of crazy asshole he is. Right. Anarchist, terrorist, guy who never got his Boy Scout badge from fire making. Um, yeah, I don't read when I'm flying. Makes me nauseous. We're not flying, Spike. I'm about to be. Like I said, I never got my noodles. Spike. Spike. We're in the middle of a goddamn job. Spike. Spike. We're in the middle of a goddamn job. Come on, give it to me, Nomad. Say that again. Repeat that one more time. Uh, is it my turn? Yeah. Repeat I'm pretty that. Sure, I'm pretty sure this is my great uncle, Ray, who sold me some food stamps last week. <laughs> oh, hold on a second. <laughs> I want you to repeat that last phrase. Spike. Say it again. Do it again, man. You want oh, me to repeat on. this shit? Hey, hold how on. long is this going to take? Spike, down here. My noodles. Spike. Spike. We're in the middle of a goddamn job. Repeat that. Just like that. that. Yeah. You want me to do that now? Yeah. Countdown. One, two, three, two, one. Go. Spike. Spike. We're in the middle of a motherfucking job. Let's try that. You said motherfucking. You got to say. Give okay, I'll do, I'll do it the right way. Emphasis. Ready? Spike. Spike. We're in the middle of a goddamn job. Go. Spike. No. Spike. You yeah, there you go. We're in the middle of a goddamn... All right, do it one more time. All right, all right. Spike. Spike. We're in the middle of a goddamn job. Go. Spike. Spike. We're in the middle of a goddamn job. I'm telling you. I figured out who Nomad is, guys. Spike. Spike. We're in the middle of a goddamn job. That probably scared somebody. Huh? <laughs> that probably scared some fucking body. <laughs> so now that was loud, man. I'm sorry. Was it loud? I, I my, apologize. My, my was voice loud. was probably loud. Now let's 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 take a look here. There he is. I figured out who you are, Nomad. Hey, that, that's Mustafa not a bad Shakir. look. If that's me. All right. So from the rest of the show, Kitty, let's let's pull up the let's let's show everyone who Nomad really is. Why, why don't you why don't you ask Kitty what I sounded like? She's a lady. What do you mean? What do you sounded like? I, I don't know what I sound like. Did I did I match it up? Did I match? Yeah, the Kitty. Intensity? What do you think, Kitty? You you did. You actually did really match it up when we were first watching this, and he said that sounds like nobody. I'm like get out of here, and then you just did it. <laughs> <laughs> so I stand corrected. You sound like. Cowboy Bebop. <laughs> <laughs> Mustafa Shakir. Yeah. Well, and I forget his character's name. <laughs> wow. I forget too. And I was wasn't, it too, it wasn't was that too loud though, Kitty? Uh no. I don't know. You're gonna have to ask your girl that because she's probably like, what is going on up 
there. No, you were you were too at. loud for me. You were just no, fine. no, not on not on this. You did it perfectly. It wasn't too okay. loud. Just, as long as I came across okay and didn't scare nobody. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> no, all good. No, I, I, that's why I wanted more intensity in the beginning of it. Spike, Spike, we're in the middle of a goddamn job. <laughs> I wasn't even watching that show with her. I was doing something around the house. I was like, is that fucking Nomad? I'm like, that sounds like Nomad. Okay. Nomad got to go take a leak. You're going to have to carry the weight for just a couple of minutes, man. I'll be right back. All right. I'm going to I'm gonna pull up some videos while we talk about I'm going to talk about some shit. We can be bring right back. you back in. No reason we can't replay the videos unless they cut us from this, but it seems to be working lately. So, Kitty, go ahead and pull the Nomad. <laughs> thing with bob here and uh let's get into some um some of the plays from the game so oh this is really loud hold on a second that is really loud i don't know could you hear that could you hear that kitty no you couldn't hear that no okay so it was really loud in my ears so hold on a second. Okay. So here's a play that I, I, I kind of want to talk about because this is that annoying Dante Pettis first down catch that he dropped. And I, I only want to uh, bring this up because I want to – kind of talk about the possibility of was the sun in his eyes because we were talking about this game in real time, you know, while, while we were watching it, Kitty and I, and we were talking about how that sun, in fact, I, I had an episode on Bears Country Podcast where we talked about when they put the new stadium in, where they're going to, how are they going to arrange the stadium uh, for the, the actual sun, right? To get to keep it out of people's eyes. And this is kind of a good example of that because when you're throwing from the shaded side of the field and you're throwing it to the sunny side of the field, is it possible here that Dante Pettis dropped this ball because the sun got in his eyes? And I kind of just want to look at it with you guys and see what you guys think. That's the wrong one. Sorry about that. Fuck. I'm Hold back. On. Okay. I had the wrong play. I thought that was the fucking Dante Pettis play. This might be it. Might be it. All right. Perfect. Nope. That's not it either. I was completely wrong. Let, let's see. Let's see the order I have this in here. Let's see. I thought this was the Dante Pettis play. Oh well, fuck it. Uh, let's just talk about. Let's just talk about this play. Thanks, Adam. I, I see the comment in there. Thank you. What's Adam saying? I'm scared. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Is that is that your second dump from the uh, Chicago style hot dog you had today? <laughs> no, no, man. I drink, I drink, I work out, man, and and I sweat a lot, man. So you got to replenish some fluids, so you're gonna end up cramping at the end of the night. Mm -hmm. This is true. Okay, so this is this is just kind of a Leatherwood play I wanted to pull up here to go over. So we were talking about Leatherwood a little bit earlier, and we're looking at his, just kind of what's happening here kind of some of the things Greg Gabriel was talking about where he's not, he's, you need to be like in a sitting position. You, you need to have your ass down and your hands up. And he's just been kind of standing, kind of bending at the hips. 
And if you watch Leatherwood on this play, he just gets he gets burned, man. He's a he was big getting guy. smoked all he's day. A, he's being a, a big guy being beat by a smaller, quicker, faster guy. And it takes a certain kind of technique to be able to match that. Mm -hmm. And he's working on it. He's got to get mm -hmm. back in the lab and, and get busy. I don't I didn't see anything there that can't be corrected. I didn't either. But just to kind of like bring up some film of who we were talking about, or like some of the things we were talking about with him. I think this is the other angle. Yeah, where he just gets it's uh but let's look at Borum on this play though too. You say Borum? Yeah, Larry Borum. Or I'm sorry, Braxton. Braxton Jones, sorry. Braxton Jones on this play. Like, I, this is hard to believe. This is a once he gets some lower body strength. I mean, for a rookie, what he's doing there, look how he's just standing him up. This wasn't his fault. That was definitely not Braxton Jones' fault. That was that was all Leatherwood's fault right there. But there's things to be encouraged with because the kid does have skills. In that situation, that's not that's that's actually if you play that again, I'll show you some. Okay, slow it down a little bit. What right. what you see happening right there is a typical drop back situation where a quarterback in a certain amount of seconds feels a, a, a rush coming around him and instantly chooses to climb up in the pocket. That's going to happen to most any, and, and what Leatherwood got beat, but he didn't get beat so bad that he wasn't able to get that guy and push him off of the pocket around the edge there. Let it play out. He, yeah, he did. He still was able to get him around the perimeter. But look at look at look at where his feet are at right here. Look I mean, at his body and his feet, his positioning of his feet. That right there is he's already been beat. There's no making up from that, man. Unless I mean, you're gonna get a penalty. If he gets it, as long as he's got his hand and he's beat right there. That's where he's beat, right there. But he's still able to keep his hands on him and not completely lose that rep because Justin felt it. And slew it up. But this is kind of a thing we're talking about with the going from left to right, right? That yeah. swing kick, that first step that you that we all loved from Tevin Jenkins coming out of college. Look at that. He's jumping. He's not taking a, a huge step back like Jenkins did. He's actually taking a hop back. And I think that just might be some of the reasons why why people are having so many issues with him playing the tackle position and why they project him as a guard. Here's the thing. Justin, Justin is not oblivious in the situation. He knows that we have a, an offensive lineman in here that we're working on. We're trying to fix his issues on pass sets in, in situations like this with uh, probably a faster. Yeah, he, he is smaller and faster guy. So he knows it. You can see in his, you can see in what Justin is doing, he's he's aware of what's going on on the right side of his face, and he's ready for it. But mm -hmm. I would I would have thought Justin, and there's nothing open down there. I'm looking in the background. There's nothing open back there, but he's yeah. he, he's he's prepared for it, and he slid up into the pocket and chose to become a runner because he didn't like what he saw downfield. So he knew. 
Yeah, I mean, the instincts of the quarterback and, that we have is pretty incredible. Let's see, what's, it, what's this play? So, oh, this is – here's another one where – this is kind of a Justin Fields moment, right? So right here, why isn't that ball going to Komet? These are just uh, some of the clips I pulled up from making the Justin Fields every play video that I had. And right here, I mean, look. Probably you, because, did, what, because of that I, linebacker right there that's coming down. You see him right here? See that linebacker right back there that, that Komet is getting ready to run in the back of? Uh-huh. That's probably why. But by, but by right at this particular moment, you're, you can see that the linebacker is already moving towards – you as the quarterback. So right there is where I'm saying, I'm talking about if I had to make any critique of Justin Fields, I need a quick release. I need the ball out right now. That's still a passing lane, Shorty. That's still a passing lane. And that's happening a whole lot faster than what this tape will show you. I mean, it's, it, we can, I mean, they criticize the shit out of each other and themselves watching tape. But in reality, that shit is happening in milliseconds. So you're saying right there, he pulled it down because the passing lane was gone. I mean, all, all it takes is a little bit of arc on the ball. Maybe we, for, for one, you can't see what's going on behind him, behind Cole Komet. Let's see if I can zoom this up. Nope. You can't see what's going on with Cole Komet behind him right there, but you can see here. Yeah, I mean, unless he was worried about that. What is that? The, he's worried about the safety there. You know how many plays like this I've seen where you have a uh, – because what that guy is, that, that linebacker that he's – that Cole Komet is running behind, you know what that is? That's a spy. Mm -hmm. He's a spy, and he's trying to uh, basically determine what this dude is about to do, whether he's going to run the ball, whether he's going to try to drop it off behind him, whatever he's trying to do. He was when – you, when, you, when you slowed that play down, he was in the passing lane at that moment. Mm -hmm. And so that's what you have to consider what Justin is looking at in real time. I've seen too many times where that spy will fucking jump and take that ball away. So if I'm looking at that in real time, which which obviously things happen a lot faster, I mean, not, not to critique the play because he's, still, he's probably got more yardage out of that, out of the check down there, but just kind of some of the things that, like, if, if I had to make any, because I can't sit here and make things all rosy about Justin Fields all the time. I, I love Justin Fields. I, I have nothing bad to say about him, but at some point you do have to, like, you, you do have to compare and con. I shouldn't say compare and contrast. I say you, should, you need to find the pros and cons, right? Some of the things that need to be worked on in this case. I, I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know what I get out of finding trying to find a flaw in a in a second year quarterback in a in a first year in a system i don't i don't know what i really get out of that but just to know that yeah it's going to be a whole lot of flaws look at that to him that's a guy in the, in the passing lane that's so a guy in the passing lane and the guy behind it's like an over under so i mean it's it'll be easy to find little things about what justin does on the field or doesn't do on the field but that's not my job. That's for coaches. So it's right here, so right here, when he decides, look, because he's about ready to rip it right there. So you're saying that 
the passing lane for him is gone because number 57 Ed, Edwards, who, by the way, is from Lake Villa, who's who Lynn Hayden is from Lake Villa, the town next to me where I grew up, that, that he is has closed off this passing lane because he's not going to be – he would have to put too much arc on the ball that it could be uh, not enough mustard to where the ball could be intercepted. And so, therefore, at this exact moment, he decides to pull it down. Maybe, then, maybe it's best explained by saying number who is that number fifty seven, right? His yeah. his responsibility is if okay, you're spying on on Justin. That's that's your job in this assignment. But if the if the running back comes out of the backfield and presents a uh, something that looks like a route, you need to go with him. But if he doesn't, your job is to spy Justin Fields and get in the passing lane wherever he goes. That's what Justin is seeing. He's seeing a spy. Right, yeah. Justin is identifying that guy as a spy, and he knows that this dude is there to thwart whatever he's trying to do, if mm-hmm. that makes sense to you. And so why would you try to force a ball? Look at that. Look at this screenshot right here. Why would you try to force a ball over his head when this guy – I mean, you have to put such a remarkable touch on that ball with the pursuit coming behind Cole Met. There's no telling what might happen with that ball. If I'm Justin Fields, I wouldn't throw it either. Brian Rubig asked, "Do you think he could make that throw? Like, what?" I, I don't think he. I don't think he's he's that. I don't think he's that sophisticated of a thrower right now. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Because the touch that you have to put on that ball to get it over his, you know, the touch combined with the mustard you have to put on the ball to get it over it's that a- defender. It's a it's a outright gamble right there because if that if that if that linebacker jumps up and snatches that because you gotta that's not a, a high trajectory ball where you can just kind of throw it up there and lob it in there no you gotta put some you gotta put some zing on that because he's got a coverage coming right behind it and so that could have been you can't just you you gotta throw that on a line and that linebacker can jump that that could have been a play too that was designed that way like to almost like pump fake him to. I mean, that would seem silly if it was designed for that. But he knew he had that, you know, the dump off there to Montgomery. And he, pro- he might have been projecting that all the way just to get to him. You know what I mean? Because if you're looking at the play right here, yeah, you can see that the makeup time might not have been there. Or the other defender could have come into that zone over by the 40 and taken that ball away and intercepted it. So I could see why he would be hesitant to make that throw, especially like with what you just said. He, you said it perfectly. The, the, the poor Casey's coming up again. I just want to see what he's trying to figure out. I think he he's just trying to say that maybe we just focus on. I don't know. What do you think he's trying to say here? Damn, we are all not dumb, I hope. But we got run game guys first and now just into pass pro recently on a line to counter all the injuries. No. I, I think I know what he's saying. I think I think that's just where we're at. I think we have a team and coaches that understand pass pro isn't isn't the best thing we got going on with this team. Matter of fact, it might be a weakness. And I'm pretty sure it is. Mm-hmm. And I think they're they're designing what they're doing offensively based off of knowing that. I think that's what we're seeing, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. I kind of agree with what you're saying there, yeah. We have that. We have that fucking amazing Justin Fields. I mean, this this run was incredible. 
watching it in real time, you're like, is he really going to do this again? And then you're like, oh, no. Oh, oh no, he's not. And then you're like, holy shit, he's at... <laughs> the entire neighborhood heard this play. <laughs> I mean, it, I couldn't believe that he was actually out of bounds because it looked like he wasn't watching it in real time. Just magnificent. Personal question, man. And it's just and I'm going somewhere with this. Um, you ever seen six foot three, six foot four, two thirty, all muscle before? You ever seen that up close and personal? Dude, I saw I met a guy who played for the Steelers. He was a wide receiver for the Steelers in like the seventies and eighties. He was at a party that I was at. And this dude was like I'm not shitting you, he was like six seven probably 230 pounds. His hand was like he could have just crushed my skull with his entire hand. It was so big. Yeah, I, I've seen that. <laughs> I couldn't believe he was a wide receiver. I was like, holy shit. Now, that's one thing. Now, imagine seeing that on a football field running a 4-4 mm -hmm. at you. Right. And it has – short area quickness what i mean by you know there's a lot of guys that come into the league that are <laughs> <What's> that? <laughs> <Who's> that? <laughs> all right let's go we're gonna play with that but uh there's a lot of guys that come into the, the, rest, league. the rest of the show <laughs> <laughs> what you say his name is <laughs> his name is mustafa shakir oh i'm uh, mustafa huh mustafa okay. yeah that, yeah, that's you. You should know your name by now, Nomad. Mustafa, huh? Oh, I, I just killed that. Yeah, yeah. Here I mean, you are, right here. Oh Lord, man, I'm getting all the. I was about to say bees, but I ain't gonna say that. I know he's getting them. <laughs> if he sound like me and look like that, he he, he in charge. <laughs> he the boss out there. <laughs> I mean, he does sound remarkably like you. I couldn't, I couldn't, I can't believe hey, it. Hey, hey, you look like that and got a Lou Rawls voice. You and you, you, hey, the girl's in trouble. <laughs> you will never find. Are you at least bald like that? No, nah, I got a head full of hair. <laughs> oh, so you look, you look like this. I, I knew, I knew it was you. Pretty much. <laughs> hmm. That's a lot of fun. All right. So. <clears throat> I have some more uh, some more tape here if you want to pull if you want to talk about that some more. Uh, let's see. I think that's just the highlight play of this of the the last touchdown run. I have some more um, kind of offensive line play here because at one point they were sacked on like three consecutive plays. You see what Leo just said on there. Just, just let that just let that sink in. Mm -hmm. Let that Justin sink. Is, Justin is six foot three, two hundred and twenty pounds, running past corners and safeties. It's it is it's freaking crazy, Leo. It's crazy. <laughs> let's pull up some more of this. Uh, let's talk about this play because this this started the string of uh, sacks that happened at this point in the game, and. Again, it's another it's another Leatherwood play. Not to keep shitting on the guy, but just to kind of show you some of the improvement that he needs to make, you know, moving forward on this team. 
he's going to stick because that's almost the same play. He has his body turned again. He's, I mean, some of these moves he's making would make they make my back hurt just thinking about him now. You know, twisting yourself that that direction, and he's already he's already off balance, and now he's lost it again, and he's just trying to make up for it. And then there goes the throwing window, which you can see is right here. So it was the opportunity was lost right there with this, and I'm not I, you know with Hassan Reddick on the kid. bearing right down on him, huh? With Hassan yeah. Reddick just bearing and right I, down on him. I know this is a hell of a defensive line we're talking about. Hell of a man, defensive what, line. So did somebody get to you, man? Because all of a sudden you feeling the need to. Somebody told you you you're too glowing about fields or what happened, man? Because all of a sudden you want to critique everything. Oh, this isn't a fields critique this is a leatherwood critique oh okay my bad yeah this is a uh leatherwood getting turned around again and then you're seeing that you're seeing that the opportunity was right here there was the open receiver and had the, had the play had the, a little bit of time to develop like it needed to and leatherwood not getting turned around again this sack wouldn't have happened or i should say swatted ball there's a there's an old saying in football, and I heard this. Really, I didn't really hear it. I've heard it, but I didn't really get it drilled into my head until I got to college. It's an old saying. You probably heard it before. Low man wins. Mm -hmm. Okay, back up and go start that play from the beginning. And watch who the low man is. The low man. Explain. Lowest man gets the leverage. Oh, right, right. Number seven. Yeah, that's and 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 uh Leatherwood knew that and immediately tried to cover up that this he let this guy get way too low on him and he's gonna get up and under and around him and he tried to bend over to catch it and it was too late. Mm -hmm. He was anticipating one of his moves he probably watched on tape, right? Probably, man. You, you got a. You talking about a six foot five guy versus I don't know how tall Hassan Reddick is, but he plays low, mm -hmm. plays very low, and he's really strong. And it's, there's nothing worse than a, than a really strong guy that can get low to the ground. I don't care what position you're playing on the football field. That's just hard to deal with. Mm -hmm. And if they get leverage, there's there's almost it's almost impossible to stop a guy like that. Yeah, when you're that tall, I, I like what Dan, what Dan, that Safrar says. I hear Chris Berman go whoop, <laughs> <laughs> and Hassan Reddick goes right past Alex Leatherwood whoop <laughs> for another sack. It's almost unfair sometimes when you look at these games and you see these uh these tackles and and what they had to deal with the different athletes and their body types and skills that they have to deal with. You get a guy like this, you know, this is this is all hell for a, a defensive tackle because he's just not – for your average defensive tackle who's like 6'5", 6'6", 300-something-plus pounds, he's just high. Mm -hmm. But let's just say that guy was Travis Gibson on the other side of the ball. That's a much easier play for a defensive tackle – I mean, an offensive tackle. Who knows? This is probably going to depend on his power rush. You could meet that force with force. You can't meet 
speed and quickness with speed and quickness if you don't have it. That's true. And this next play, they put Riley Reef back in. This kind of just another example, like a, an example of the of Reef coming back in the game, kind of showing the the comparison or contrast to Leatherwood in the game there. And how many how many years in the league? Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Exactly. <laughs> That's where I was going. I was going. You know, he's yeah. seen them all. Mm-hmm. Twice, three, four, five times. He's seen them all. He knows what to do with that. And th- th- this is kind of another play that makes me wonder, why isn't he hitting Comet there? It's just uh, not to, you know, uh, again, I'm not shitting on Justin Fields because we both know how much I love Justin Fields. But I'm just trying to give some perspective as to how we can get a little bit, little bit better as a passer, just getting rid of the ball quicker, whether that's the release or just finding the, the player in the right position at the right time. That's all going to come with time. And these are reasons why I believe that Justin Fields will get there and he's just not there yet. The ball should have been – the ball should have been – good. maybe he was – he might have been – I mean, to be fair, you, you can't know exactly what's going on in this play yet until we see like the all 22 of it, but – he might have been looking for something to develop deeper. I know that's what it was. It's first and ten, though, so you might think that he just would take the the commit pass right there. You know, I know that's what it was, and you get you can't you can't you can't make him into something that he's not. He's naturally going to look for the big play. Yeah, and to be able to teach his mind to not always go for that right away. That takes time and, and a little bit of savvy to learn. You 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 want you want him to be the Drew Brees and dumping it down to the running backs and the you know little curl patterns. You want him to be that guy, but he's looking to see what he can gain down that field. And you, I like guys like that. But mm-hmm. in time, he's going to develop that. You know, that's not always going to be the ideal way to go about this football game, depending on how they want to play the game. You might have to go out there with that mindset that, hey, I'm just going to take what they got underneath because they, they want to play a shell coverage and, and take away everything I want to throw deep. So I'm just going to have to take this stuff. But he will get that drilled into his head. I love right the now, men- he's, still, he's still pushing it. I love the mentality of looking for that big play. And that's what I love about this quarterback. And he, he the accuracy that he has to, to do it. Um it's going to be exciting to, to see moving forward. Like when he develops more in this offense and he, he finds all the plays within the plays, like we've talked about many times before the plays within the plays, you know, it's, it's about mastering that offense. It's also, man, just a little two cents to that. Also that check down, that check down game and that, that whole thing it, it's habit forming, just like looking for the deep ball is you, you start doing that so much that you don't even pay attention to what's going on down the field. And mm-hmm. you end up being a Drew Brees or somebody like that. That mm-hmm. before you know it, you don't even have the arm to fucking throw it downfield because you just spent your whole fucking career dumping it off to every to your, to your athletes. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, seriously, man, it, it's all habit for me. Yep. So you, what you want is a guy that has the right kind of balance of I want my shot down mm-hmm. the field to a guy that also is willing to accept some of those dump offs and get his mechanics right to release them right. Mm-hmm. So that's what you're looking for, and I think he's got all the tools to get there. 100%. 100%. Uh, this is a 
Cody Whitehair getting blown up play. Let me pause it so I can. So is that uh, Hargrove? Is that Hargrove? Hargrave? 97. Hargrave is 97. Yeah, that's 97. I mean, he just gets mauled over here. He's a beast, man. And you know what? I seen somewhere somebody uh, made a little video that Cody Whitehair might have been might have had a uh, knee injury or something. And, and he played the whole game and if if that's the case, he overset right there. He just missed him. But if that's the case, if he had some kind of knee injury, then you you would expect that his lateral quickness to be able to catch a play like this would be affected by that. I don't I don't know how true that rumor is. Well, that was a little stunt play though. So is he is his defender kind of shed himself into the that was actually a really good defensive line play right there. I guess I can't really shit on Cody Whitehair too much for that. You see what Dan Safir said. <laughs> Thank God he came back out after going to the sideline. God forbid we see the second coming of Steve Stuff. God. <laughs> oh man, I turned I turned right to Kitty when he came in. I was like, oh fuck, here comes the interception. He gets one pass, it's almost intercepted. <laughs> man, listen. Thank God we got the guy. When I say the guy, mm-hmm. I look around the rest of the league. And even with Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson is nothing like this one. Mm-hmm. He's he's close, but he's not like this one. And no, Lamar Jackson has what five, six years on him? Mm-hmm. He's, so, he's a much better passer already than Lamar Jackson is. Lamar Jackson is becoming a lot better passer. I, I like what I've seen recently before he got hurt. He's becoming a lot better passer. Yeah, I shouldn't say that he is now, but then he, then he is definitely was at this point in his career, even in a, a couple of years after. There, there's, but, one, there's one that has all this skill set, and that's him. Here is, yeah, you're right. It's exciting, man. I can't believe we got him. I can't believe it. He's in Chicago, man. Think about that. He's in Chicago. And he, lo- he looks so damn good in that uniform wearing number one, too, doesn't he? Man, dude, it, there's so much I can go on and on about with Justin Fields. But the, the thing about, you know, everybody gets all enamored with his, you know, big playability to throw the ball down the field or make a big long run. What, what I'm enamored with is what I was enamored with at the beginning of the season when we first did a show was that tiger in him. Mm-hmm. That dude has something in him that nobody else – I mean, he's got that Tom Brady mentality and some. Mm-hmm. When he ran over Deshaun Elliott in that end zone for that touchdown, that just, mm-hmm. to, just to look at the sidelines and how his teammates reacted to him, that's all I needed to see. Yep, that was everything to me. He's got his teammates full. Fu- He's the leader of this team, isn't he? <laughs> Man, with a bullet. Uh huh. Shit. This is kidding me. This is the play that I was talking about before. This is the Cody Wayhair getting blown up by a Hargrave play. Like, let's just watch this in slow here. Cody just gets manhandled here. No, actually, I was wrong there again. That was another stunt, wasn't it? Yeah, he just kind of gets – he got fucked up by those stunts. 
I guess you really can't say much, but the, that defensive line is just really good. <laughs> I mean, seriously. You, you, you can't. I'm trying to find reasons that. for the sacks, though, man. I'm trying to find reasons for the sacks. <laughs> Did we lose you? You there? I'm here. Hold on okay. a second. All right. Now, this is just another example of one of those – this fucking play I'm sick of seeing. I think we are all sick of seeing this play. It, 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 they were used, they were, they ran this play a, two dozen times with Mooney this season so far, and it didn't work. It didn't work with Mooney. Why the hell is it going to work with Dante Pettis right now? It, it, this, I think they need to work on this play in training camp and just take it out of the fucking playbook for this season because it's not working, man. <laughs> what do you guys think and chat about this play? I mean, how many times have we seen? This play. Even Justin feels like he's patting the ground when he's done because he's just like, ah, oh, fuck this play. <laughs> that, that's all technique stuff, man, right there. No, I know. It, it's technique stuff. That's kind of what we're talking about with the short passes right in the beginning. It, it's just, I kind of want him to see them just put this play on the shelf and bring it back next year because it's just, it needs some work. It needs some work in training camp. <laughs> Tell me, tell me if it's any part about this play that you're looking at that you don't think he knows it's his weakness, and he mm -hmm. can't. He's got to do what he needs to do to fix it. Mm -hmm. Is there anything about this play that makes you think he doesn't realize that? Look at his body language right afterwards. Right, right there. He's, he's like, ah, like, oh, he's already on his knee, and then yeah, he's, he's like, fuck, I hate this play because I know I can't deliver it right now. <laughs> exactly. Thank you, Lynn. Is it? But, yeah. but he keeps calling it. And I gotta try. And he's patting the ground like, I'm gonna get this play one of these days. I'm gonna get it. <laughs> and it's and it's just a and it's just a quick, you know, getting out of the uh getting the snap and a quick gathering of your feet. And it's just in rhythm with gathering your feet. Now, if this this is this might sound weird to you, okay, let's play but it's game. just as the ball is coming to him, he should be getting his feet ready, gathering mm -hmm. his feet and turning his body towards making the play i mean that's all in all in unison i'm not talking about you do one thing and then you do the next thing and you do the next thing it all needs to happen like in unison like it's oiled and that just comes with repetition practicing that gathering the ball as gathering your feet as the ball is coming to you yeah look at this the spin that he put on the ball with the angle with the arm angle that he used just he tried he put it out in front of him just a little bit too much. Looks like he's about because to if he, if he could have nailed him there right in stride. Look at that. If you could have just hit him right in stride right there, boom. That could have been a easily a 10, 12, 15 yard game. I'm uncomfortable. I'm comfortable watching him. Just just looking at it, knowing how uncomfortable he is. Mm -hmm. Trying to do it because he knows he doesn't have that that technique down. Look at he's right. his feet are stuck in the mud. He doesn't yep. move. And he looks like he's about to sit down and take a shit. <laughs> right there, he's like, I'm squatting. Right. It's just, that's, it's all wrong. Everything about that is wrong. Right. You think he hasn't seen that on tape and said, this is fucked up, man. I, I wish you stopped fucking calling this, man. Just for now until I get to work on this shit. This is, this is foul. 
That looks ugly as ugly as it is on tape with us looking at it. Imagine him looking at that with the coaches and the rest of his teammates after the game. Yeah, for sure. It's ugly. I'm sorry. I was just missing some private chat in here from Kitty. I'm getting in trouble. She had to come in here and pull up a sign for me. <laughs> it's time to wrap it up, huh? No, just uh, something I was forgetting. Um, we'll get to that. I got three more clips, Kitty, and then we'll get to that. Uh, so one more, one more clip here. I forget what they are. So what's this one? Uh, oh, this is the one I was talking about. Oh no, that, that wasn't it. That's not the play. I thought that was the Dante Pettis drop. I was trying to make a point to the Dante Pettis drop. That was a first down. It was very similar to that play, but it was to Dante Pettis and he dropped it. Um, a sun issue being the possible issue to that. Let's talk about this flea flicker here that completely failed. And this kind of goes, this is on. That was a pass interference is what it was. Yeah, let's figure out what's going on here on this play because this looked like a good play. Like something something good was, like right there, you see the confidence in the rip of the ball. You're like, this is going somewhere. You're like, how the fuck was it? Absolutely nowhere near him. See Dan's comment there? Silver lining, I believe he had the highest QBR against the Eagles defense with a 119 passer rating. Imagine if he had anything Jalen Hurts has. Yeah, that's, that's true. We, we actually have that. We can pull that up in a second here. Uh, but this here, – here we see Velas Jones trying to get inside to the ball, right? That's a pass interference, man. Coming from a DB, I know what that is. That's you walling off the guy so he can't get – inside you and that's passing the finish you're impeding the progress of a receiver at this particular point velas jones is trying to make that cut right he knew where the ball was dropping that and he needed to get inside and uh -huh. this dude, he knew he, he also knew that and he's taught to keep that dude on your outside hip and that's and the right, way he played it but it was an interference right there he's getting pushed to the sideline right there when he's trying to make his go back a little bit here you can see him trying to make make his cut right there to the inside, and then he starts getting pushed by the defender towards the sideline and away from the ball, and the, and the defender is not looking at the ball whatsoever. That is entirely a pass uh, interference call that was it's, not called. And, and there, there, I'm sorry, just I'll, I'll say this so you can go. I, I, I pulled this comment or this play up because somebody commented on the Justin Fields video that I made Uh what what happened with that play? And I just kind of wanted to talk about that to kind of point out for some people because I had wondered watching the game in real time what happened too, and then you see it here, and you're like, oh, right there is what he's trying to make his cut inside to the where the ball's supposed to be, and they didn't fucking call it. I'm getting sick and tired of seeing this shit. Well, this is this is where I can this is where I can tell any you and anybody else that's watching this. I can give you some stuff about this. This is this is the green part of Valus Jones being a rookie and not being understood on the things that you have to do if you want to be able to make plays or be able to get what you're trying to get in, in that situation is if not if you can't complete it, you need to be expressive so that that, that uh, referee calls, I mean, throws a flag. He wasn't expressive enough at the top of this route when he realized, when he felt this this guy was impeding his progress, you got to be expressive with your arms. And I know this from battles in practice. When uh, 
my college coaches brought in referees to teach us mm -hmm. up on what to do in order to bring attention to the play that you're in. That you have to be point. expressive as a receiver. That's a great point because if you would have just been like, what the, you know, you, you see it happen all the time and up oh, flag comes out. Let's exactly. watch it in real time. He knows he can't get inside. Okay. Be expressive. He, hey, what the fuck? Throw your arm. Like, okay. He's like, yeah, I fucked that up. I couldn't get there in time. Good call. He's just, he just green, man, when it comes to that kind of stuff. But that's, that's sophistication and savvy. You you gotta you gotta go through that to learn what to do, if that mm -hmm. makes any kind of sense. You have to go through that experience. That's a great call. Uh, let's see what this play is. This is this is the last play. I think this. I think I wanted to talk about. Oh, this is this is the touchdown. Yeah, Pettis. This was this was just a, a nice improvisation play that I wanted to talk about with Justin Fields because. Let's let me pause this right about here. So here we can see we have Reef is in the game. It's not Leatherwood. Justin Fields is he's looking. He looks like he was looking for commit there at first. Saw the window wasn't open. The passing lane wasn't there. And then he just takes off. And this is just this is a play that I love because it's just Justin Fields being Justin Fields, using his legs, and then this pass. The way that he threw the ball here. Well, let's watch it on the on the next. Before you get carried away with this one, go, can you pull up Dan's comment again? He just the most recent comment. That's a that's a very good point there too. If Justin had thrown that ball a little closer to Vegas, definitely would have made a difference in that play call, for sure. Mm. Good point, Dan. That is a good point. Yeah, because they the, the refs might have seen that ball as being a something that wasn't completable, right? Something like that, yeah. That happens. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I thought I had the entire play of this where it shows the, the other arm angle that Justin Fields had on this ball, but it's just this is this is what I love about this quarterback is he he stresses the hell out of the defense with getting out with his legs and getting out into open space where he can, he has a passing lane to throw from. And then he, you see the improvisation with the receivers. And that's kind of a similar touchdown to the, uh, the Cisco game. Right. That's, yeah. Um, just a little quick point. Pringle is the best player on the team at breakdowns. Mm -hmm. I, you know, they different coaches call it different things when a play is kind of breaks out into a scramble, scramble mode. They call it that. You know, when it breaks down into that, he's got the most experience on that team with a quarterback knowing how to stay alive when you're into scramble mode with, with Patrick Mahomes because he was constantly in scramble mode. And you got to know how to as a receiver to keep yourself alive and know exactly where to go when you see a scramble break out to your side. Mm -hmm. Even if it's not broken out to your side, you got to know where to leverage yourself and where to put yourself in the, in the quarterback's vision. He's the best we got on the team at that. Damn right. He is – boy, I was looking at these stats. I don't even want to talk about those. I don't even want to talk about those wide receiver stats for the Eagles. Um, he, you know, he's he's kind of like the Devin Hester of our team, right, or like the Walter Payton of our team. He's the, he's the player that when the ball is in his hands – you're just holding your breath, right? Because you know that at any moment, anything ex exciting can happen in this game, and he can take it over any moment. 
And it's, it kind of sucks to see it not being, you know, uh, brought all the way to fruition, you know, and so, and so many of the games that we've seen this year where it looked like Justin was going to just drive us down the field and come back and we were going to win that game. And for whatever reason, a handful of them, it didn't happen. And there's not really one of those that I can like fully blame Justin Fields for. So if you take away those games that and you give us those comebacks, those are the things that you get from a team that has a buy-in system or has, has bought into the system. They've been in the system for a couple of years. The players have been developed in it. They're able to add another draft cat class like this that doesn't have to play as much because they have the, 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 you know, the developed starters on the team. And you start to see this team just get better through time with you know just that process. And it's exciting, man. This is, it's an exciting time to be a bear. I, I thought we were going to be 11 and six this year, but fuck it. We're going to be that next year. Here's an interesting note for you. Um, imagine, I bet you probably lost count of how many big breakaway runs that Justin's had over the, over the season. I have you probably have lost count. Cause I most have lost have. count. Now imagine this is, this is a team and I'm never going to be one to shit on the quality of the receivers. I think we have decent receiver quality but not to the level of what we're probably going to put in this building come next year. So you can probably chop in half a lot of those long runs. It's some These are going to turn to long throws. Right. You know, a lot of this stuff is going to be long throws. He's going he's gonna to shorten that will to want to just take off and be a game-changing player with his legs, and he's going to start developing what he's seeing downfield and make big plays down the field with his arm. Mm-hmm. So that's what you can see coming next year. I see that already. I'm starting to see him now. Like the last Sunday, I, I watched him, and I'm like, okay, he's starting to uh, – he would have taken off the first part of the season. He would have just flat taken off. Now he's starting to pull back and say, okay, let me see what's, what's popping down the field. Let me see if I can sling one down there. And that's mm-hmm. encouraging to me because you can't keep living off of your legs. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he said it himself in the press conference, and they was, they were talking about the thousand yard season, and they were like, you know, do you plan on uh, doing this moving forward? He's like, oh no, sir, no sir. Like I, I don't plan on having a thousand yards rushing every year. I do not. <laughs> that, that's great to hear because, you know, for example, like we were talking about a couple games ago, he had that long like 20 seconds scramble going left to right, left to right. And he finally threw a, a first down pass to EQ. And, you know, the announcers were talking about it in real time that, you know, a few games ago, he's looking to run, but there he's looking to make something happen with his arm. And he did see what Adam just said. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's pretty much what Spurs is turning into this year. Yep. You put some talent around him. He doesn't have to make those long ass runs. Mm-hmm. Just okay, all right. Then scramble a little bit, and then I'll go ahead and swing this on bitch to uh, somebody I trust. Mm-hmm. They were all, Dan says they were all in the game with a 12 1 team with hardly any talent and a coaching staff that calls vanilla plays in order to tank in the red zone. I believe this coaching staff is holding him back. No question. Mm-hmm. And that's a good thing. It is a good thing. You don't want to, uh, uh, you know, throw him out there. 
all at once and just you get him murdered. You know, it's it's a it's been a developmental process. It started with developing the running game in the beginning of the season. They did that exceptionally well. The running game is still exceptional. It's just the fucking quarterback that's that's getting most of the yardage now in, in all those games. But that's because of the process that has taken over in that development, right? Because now we're trying to get to from the running game to the passing game. And when things aren't going significantly, what's going to happen? He's going to rely on his legs, and that's going to end up in the kind of season that he's having. I can assure you, and I don't mean you, no, man. I mean everyone watching this. That that is not the quarterback we're going to see in two, three years. He is going to be a a developed a, a developed pocket passer who's going to be able to hit the ball with accuracy to anyone around the field. I truly believe that's coming. I I know there is no shadow of a doubt that this guy is Justin Fields is going to he's going to progress year after year after year. And he's not going to, it's not going to be one of those, okay, while Justin is developing, the team ain't going to be so good. No, they're going to be, you see what they're doing now as a, in a brand new offense with subpar talent, they're giving teams every fucking thing they want. Any team that comes in here. And that was what I was looking for in this battle with, uh, with, with Philadelphia. Are they going to meet them right there where they are and punch them in their shit? And that's what I saw. They, mm-hmm. they, to me, they beat the, they, they beat them in the physical game. Mm-hmm. They just didn't beat them in the, in the scoreboard, and that's all I wanted to see. You know, whatever happened, I told you that before the game even started. Is I don't care what the score is. I just want them to meet them right where they are, and let them know, hey, this is this is who we are. We're coming, and this is what you're going to deal with in the future. When you see us again, we'll have better talent, and we're coming for your ass. Mm-hmm. And that's what I saw. I came away from that game feeling so fucking good. I can't even explain it to you. I 100% agree. Uh, I like what Leo says here, too. Even as an athlete, Fields has developed in the NFL because he never showed that running ability in college to this extent. I mean, not to this extent. No, he did not. Time out. Do you remember? I was still on Twitter when this was going on. And I think – I don't know if I shared the video on you – Liked it? I don't know. But there's a video of Justin Fields running really, really hard on the treadmill. Like he was just – do you remember that? Did you see it? I think so, yes. You got to remember. I, I'm, I'm thinking about I'm thinking about it now. And I realized that that happened during his uh, – during that bye, that mini bye that they had mm-hmm. after the first four games. Mm-hmm when the Getsy offense wasn't working so good and they just decided and they came out of that bye in a whole new, a whole new style when right. Justin was running the ball. Now looking back at that, looking back at that video. Now I knew, I know what that fucking post was about. Cause he doesn't post on, on social media. Very rarely does he put something out there. Now he puts shit out there like the Riddler and shit. Ah. Like, okay, what was that? What was that video about with you running so hard on a treadmill? He knew right. it was coming. Look what things to come, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's it's funny thinking about it now. I'm like, oh, okay. That'd be interesting if 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 he was trying to pre- like give a little 
riddle to the future. Like, look at me running my ass off on this treadmill. You don't know what this is all about. I know what Mm -hmm. this is all about, but you don't. They were like, fuck it. Let's just tap into his his running potential and let's just try to get some wins out of it and and we can develop the offense through that, right? And God, we've been so close. I mean, we we hung in with the Eagles. We're not even talking about the defense. The defense played exceptionally well in in that game considering what they've gone through and the loss of Sanborn in the game. Somebody asked about uh, oh, Robert, excuse me, is asking if there's any news on Jenkins. I haven't heard anything other than the presser from uh, Eberflus saying that uh, it's it's not as bad as it seems. So that that's that's a good sign. Well, anytime anytime there's anything related to a vertebrae, you know, just being all my years around football planet and just being around it that's sensitive mm-hmm. very 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 sensitive anytime you see a player on the field the good thing was we saw movement mm-hmm. you see a player down on the field and get his face mask taken off that's gonna scare the fuck out of everybody out there right why because the the vertebrae is so easily fucked up in the game of football. That's what everybody's scared of is the, any kind of vertebrae damage anywhere on your body, especially the neck area. Mm-hmm. Vertebrae damage scares the fuck out of any football player. It scares me now, and I haven't played in a while. Right. And when it comes to that, hopefully Tevin is, is very, very thoughtful and careful about his life moving forward, and he goes to and gets multiple uh, – you know, points of view from different doctors. And if they give him the green light and say, hey, you know, it could have been just a stinger. Well, it could have been something uh, a little bit worse than what we think. Either way, I hope he makes the right decision for him because this ain't nothing to fuck around with if it's any kind of vertebrae damage. You don't fuck around with this stuff. 100% football, then play football 100% knowing knowing what the uh, results can be. But if you choose to walk away from this, Walk away knowing that you did this for your future. Mm-hmm. Um, we're all we're all hoping and praying he's going to be okay, um, and it would be great to see him back this season if, if if he is because the kid was doing. I mean, he was our best, clearly our best offensive line. Well, not clearly, but he has been one of our best offensive linemen. I'm really high on Braxton Jones, um, along with along with him and. I I, I want to get to this before Kitty gets on my ass again. So uh, we we started a GoFundMe for Chris Watts, in case anybody hasn't seen any of this yet. So, Kitty, let's just go ahead and play that really quick. Listen, all you when you're in the bar room, man. All huh? All you yeah. bar all you barflies out there, I know 
how much you guys love Chris Watts. He's on the Tailgate Show on Sunday mornings. He's been on Bears Country Podcast. He's been on other shows on the Barham Network. In all the conversations with him, he was, he, he, the tone in his voice is that he'll never be able to make it to Chicago to see the Bears play in Soldier Field. And so I started the, this GoFundMe for him because I'm thinking, you know, the Barham has 11,300 subscribers, Bears Country Podcast. We're getting to almost 500. I'm so, sorry, almost, yeah, almost 500. So I, I thought if we could just get 300 people to donate 10 bucks, we can get Chris Watts here for a game next year to see the Chicago Bears play in Soldier Field. And I have a, a gang of six tickets that I have lined up that I have access to that we can get him to the game. So if anybody would like to donate to the Chris Watts GoFundMe, we here at the Barham Network and Bears Country Podcast would so appreciate you. Um, we'll probably end up doing something special for you um, as a gift if you if you are willing to do that. I will put the link to the Chris Watts GoFundMe in the description of this show when we are done. So thank you all for that. Moving on. What were you saying, Nomad? I just want to give Chris some advice. This is what I do. This is what I this is what you got to do as a hustler. You got you got to know when to put your best foot forward. You wait till ain't no restaurants open late at night. There's no places to go get something to eat. I'm talking about like 3:30, 4 o'clock in the morning. And that's when you get your fish and chips out there. And you got the best fucking fish and chips in your area. And you sell the shit out of those motherfuckers and you make all the money in the world. Because people drunk, they don't give a fuck. They just want to eat something. Ain't nowhere to go to get food. And you're gonna go to the nearest place you can go to to get something hot and good. Are you am I not right? Or you can just make little GoFundMe flyers with like little tear-offs and you can go put it in those local pubs and shit. <laughs> Seems like a lot of work. Hey man. Make a lot of fish and chips for a little bit, just get to a bears game. Man, you you can get drunk. I mean, you can get rich off drunk people. All you got to do is wait to the perfect time to sell some food. They're going to want to eat. Maybe some bangers and mash, Chris. (laughs) Some meat pies, do something. Daryl D says he's not missing anything. Soldier Field sucks. It, it, you know, it's better than the other Soldier Field, I have to say. I, I loved it when I first started going to the new Soldier Field because you could walk along the first, you know, console and you could see all the way down into the field while you're getting something to eat or drink but the next one is going to be even better sadly it won't be called soldier field i'm sure it'll probably be bank of america field or some bullshit but the, the goal would be to get him here you know next season um for when the barroom has their event um you know the, the, who the said fans that? event everything hmm? who said that he's not missing anything soldier field sucks oh that's that's coming from somebody who has had experience and 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 and, i mean just think about it from from this point of view if you never had the experience of soldier field that that first time you go there it's probably something different i mean i don't know when the first time daryl went there but i remember going as a kid and it was it was all inspiring you know as a kid you know the fourth fifth time you go there then then it gets to be something different Mm -hmm. but for a person's first time and all he's ever done it's seen it on TV or hear somebody talk about it. It's probably going to be uh, a moment that he won't forget. So listen, 
going to a Bears game is one of my top favorite things to do. My top five favorite things to do. Because when you're at the, the field with all the fans and you're all fucking jacked up that day for the game, you've, you've been waiting for it, you bought your tickets however long ago, and you're, everyone's jacked up for that game and they're all there having a great time. And then you're all in unison together on the field, chanting, you know, let's go Bears. You're all singing the, the, the Bears fight song after a touchdown. You're all high-fiving each other. You're making friends, you know, it's, it's, it is one of my favorite experiences. And I, I had been to a lot, like so many games before we moved from, you know, Illinois. And this year I've been, we've, I've been to three or four games this year. And I, I forgot just how much fucking fun it was. I, I was at the Falcons game, the Bears Falcons in Atlanta. And that was a lot of fun because we overtook that stadium. We overtook the, the parking lots. I mean, the, all the, the tailgating was all bears, you know, but it's, it's much more fun when you're in Soldier Field or wherever they're playing. If, if you're in the Bears home stadium and you're hanging out with the fans, there is just nothing. There's nothing like it. And that's why Chris being such a huge fan from Europe and Nomad, you were there. We had the conversation about how the Bears basically started fandom in Europe because of the 85 bears. So it, it would be, I, I would just love to see Chris Watts come to a soldier field or a bears home game in Chicago and, and be a part of that fan base, enjoying the game together. And I just hope, hope we can make it happen. I really you, just, you just had to just imagine being him and being all the way over there in Europe right. and seeing the bears fandom from a diff from a distance. Mm -hmm. And imagining what that might be like if you were in kind uh, of like bears, bears euphoria, bears heaven, whereas right. nothing but bears fans around you, and you get to just go completely. I mean, you're not you're not such a. I mean, he's probably he probably feels like a one off over there in uh, Europe, you know, unless he gets around certain people. Right. But you put him in this environment where he gets to see where it's real and where live, at home with everyone like minded. He's yeah. never gonna forget it. Never. It would be the ex the experience of his life. And I set I set the uh, for anyone who's willing. And Lynn, thank you. Lynn has donated. Lynn donated twenty dollars. Thank you so much, Lynn. Um, you know, I set I set the bar at like six thousand because I thought you know hotel airfare stay. If he's coming from that long for that long, he's not going to be here for two days. You know, you're not going to make him get on a plane for that long and turn turn and burn that. You know, so um, and thank you, Foster, for uh, giving your house up to him. Um, Aldo has also offered his house to him too. So, um, and I have the tickets for him, and I have met face value. I won't say what that is, but they're 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 not eight hundred dollars a piece, but you know they're 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 a good price that's, that'll come out of that that GoFundMe for him. So um, plus food and you know he's gonna you know he's gonna want to have try all the the pizzas and the beefs and the hot dogs and all that shit. He's gonna need a little bit of money to be in Chicagoland for a week. So six thousand dollars is is the mark, but if we can just get three thousand dollars, we can at least get him here and we'll have a place to stay and. You know, we could probably, you know, we'll we'll be able to get him something to eat at the very worst, you know. But let's just get him here and get him to the game. 
I'm I'm half tempted. I've been half tempted to just get him a round trip ticket and let everything else fall where it needs to fall. But lately, I have I've had personal stuff that that's going on in my life that has prevented me from being able to be that generous. Mm-hmm. And I and I really shouldn't do that right now. But yeah, he, he's eventually he's gonna get he's gonna get here, and one way or another he's gonna be here and he's gonna enjoy what it feels like to be a Chicago bear in your heart, man. I mean, it's, this is some real, when you come to Chicago and you've never experienced it and, and you come during bear season and all the hoopla surrounding what's going on right now, man, dude, this is a bear city, man. Mm-hmm. This is a bear city. We own this fucking city. If we can get him here for that, that is just going to be the best the best, the best fucking thing that'll ever have happened to him. I know it. I, I, I made friends with him. It would really make his, his year, his life. You know, and Foster, that's crazy that you're from Lake Villa also, because Lynn Hayden was also from Lake Villa before she now lives in Las Vegas, and I grew up in Round Lake, Foster. So we used to be neighbors our whole lives too. <laughs> Steve. I have to. I think Steve came in late. Steve Phillips came in a little bit late. He said, "I always thought that Nomad would have looked way more badass." Steve, I want to play this from you, for you. This is a uh, a clip, uh, an audio clip from a TV show called Cowboy Bebop, and that's the character that you see on the screen that I have for Nomad. I thought that his voice sounds so remarkably close to this that that's why I had to present this. Listen to this, Steve. Tell me what you think. Oops. Hey, how long is this gonna take, do you think? Couple hours. I'm gonna go get some noodles. The hell you are. We've gotta dissect this. This being? The Bomber's Manifesto. Oh. If we're gonna find this guy, we gotta figure out what kind of crazy asshole he is. Right. Anarchist, terrorist, guy who never got his Boy Scout badge from fire making. Um, yeah, I don't read when I'm flying. Makes me nauseous. We're not flying, Spike. I'm about to be. Like I said, I never got my noodles. Spike! Spike! We're in the middle of a goddamn job! You want to do it again for me, Nomad? Ready? Hold on, we'll play it one more time. You don't really sound like that. Give, hold on, just give it, give it your best shot. Well, listen to it one more time. Give it your best shot. My noodles. Spike! Spike! We're in the middle of a goddamn job! Go, Nomad. Spike! Spike, we're in the middle of a goddamn job. Yes, that's it. That is, that's, I, I knew I fucking found I never got my noodles. Spike. Spike. We're in the middle of a goddamn job. I knew I found you. His name is Mustafa Shakir, Steve. I want to see what head. I sounded like. That's, that's Nomad right there. Play that's my nomad. voice back. I want to see what it sounded like. You want to play? You want to play? Play the other voice back? Yeah, I want to see. I don't. I don't know what the fuck that sounds like. This one. Hold on. Like I said, I never got my noodles. Spike. Spike. We're in the middle of a goddamn job. Yeah. You, Bombers you, manifesto. You sound more like this portion of it though. Here. Speed. The Bombers manifesto. Oh. If we're gonna find this guy. We gotta figure out what kind of crazy asshole he is. Right. If we're going to find this guy, we're going to figure out what kind of crazy asshole it is. Say that. Say what now? 
if we're going to find this guy, we got to find out what crazy asshole, what kind of crazy asshole he is. Here you go. Say this part. Oh, if we're going to find this guy. We got to figure out what kind of crazy asshole he is. When you want me to do it? Right now. Go. <laughs> we're going to find this guy. We got to find out what kind of crazy asshole he is. All right. Ready? Oh, if we're going to find this guy. We got to figure out what kind of crazy asshole he is. Right. And I knew it. I knew that was you. <laughs> I, I, I guess I sound like something to y'all. I don't know. I, coming out of my mouth, it don't sound like that. Uh, Steve says, I think Nomad does it better. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Eduardo, I'm sorry. I'm, Eduardo, I just want to acknowledge you there. Gurney boy here, not living in Lake Zurich. Girlfriends from Ron Lake. Good, good for you, man. I'm going. I'm going to Vegas to hang out with Lynn, man. I want to hang out with Lynn. So do I. Tell her, tell her, her boyfriend, her husband, he gonna be jealous because we gonna be drinking beers and having a good ass time. Oh, her husband passed away. Oh, really? Know, yeah, ten, ten or more years ago. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. No, she she loved to. Like Kitty and I are almost ready to like plan a trip out there, take the camper out there, go out to Vegas. Drive across the country, go hang I, out with I, Lynn I for a couple days. I love Vegas, man. The air mm -hmm. out there. Yeah, my buddy just got back from Vegas too, and he was, he uh, he called me because I I mean I've been there like ten times. I played a lot of blackjack, and he had never been there before. And he was like, "I need it. What's your advice? What's your best advice?" So I gave him a bunch of uh, Vegas uh, blackjack advice, and he called me back after that, and he said, "Man, it they had the best fucking time." I was like, "Man, I don't want to go to Vegas." <laughs> you know what that um. I was out there once, my uncle, rest in peace, my uncle Earl, man. Um, first time I went out there was for a pool tournament. I was I was a pretty good pool player, went out there for a tournament. And um, I was wondering, like, the first few days, I'm like, and, I, and he lives there, and I'm like, and he met up with me, and I was like, hey, man, where where are the mosquitoes, man? He said, you a mosquito? He said, if it's a mosquito out here, you brought the motherfucker with you. <laughs> he said, ain't no water out here. <laughs> That's true. I thought that was the funniest shit, man. <laughs> you better take him out of your clothes because he came out of the plane you with that you. Motherfucker in your in your uh, luggage because he wasn't out here. It's the same thing when we lived in Colorado. There wasn't there wasn't a mosquito around, man. Just way too damn dry. It was great. I loved it. That, that it, the first time you experience something like that, it, it's different because at mm -hmm. night when you you know you got lights all around you in Vegas. And you look around, you ain't no fucking nothing biting you, mm -hmm. and it's tripped out. Mm -hmm. I know it's weird. Here, it's like as soon as the sun goes to, we're in Florida right now, but as soon as the we don't live here, but we're here right now for a little bit. The 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 the, the as soon as the, the the sun hits a certain level, it's like you're like Jesus Christ, it's winter. What the fuck? <laughs> I'm fucking the mosquitoes down there are the size of condors and shit. Those motherfuckers are huge. I mean, I, I was out fishing in the back uh, on the pond, and I had my sleeves down like this. I had my hat on. I had a, I had a hoodie on and shit. And, I was, and I'm, I'm fishing, and I look down, and I have 60 mosquitoes on my hand. I was like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> no I'm, I'm not, not going to wake up tomorrow with, you know, 30 mosquito bites on my fingertips. That you're, Oh, those are the worst, you know? I went, I went through a similar experience down in, um, down in Louisiana and South Georgia. I was like, well, fuck it. I might as well just go to the Red Cross and donate some blood because pretty much that's all I'm doing out here. 
What? You know, you, you need to you need to keep your blood, man. You don't need to donate oh, it. God damn, man! It's like fuck. <laughs> this shit is man. impressive. You're donating your blood to the mosquitoes. <laughs> the mosquito drive. Never seen no shit like that in my. I don't know how motherfuckers survive down there at night, anywhere near the water. Mm-hmm. I have to say, I I feel naked on the show tonight, looking at myself because I um, I last night I was brushing my teeth and I'm like, ah, I kind of need to trim my beard a little bit, and I had this like, this um this awesome. I forgot my 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 trimmer when we came down here, so I bought this really awesome trimmer, and I'm not going to show you the name, but check this thing out. It is badass, right? So when you take this little thing off, it's got like, it's got two cutters that are that cut in both directions. See those those two little guys right there? So the the top the top and the bottom both cut. So I had this I had my little beard trimmer on there like that, and I'm just like I'm brushing my teeth to get done. I'm like eh, I'm just gonna trim up my 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 beard a little bit, and I go like this. I start here, and this and and the this piece pops off. So I went like, eh, and just like, I, I completely like put a line all the way down to my skin on this side of my face, and I'm like, fuck, I do I not want to trim my beard. This, I hate when it's like this shaggy or this like stubbly again. I need, I need, I feel naked when I'm looking at myself on the screen. I thought you was, I thought you was about to sell out to the evil empire like everybody else and start selling Manscaped or something. <laughs> no, that's the one I forgot at home. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta get that, man. I gotta definitely get that, man. No, that's that works really well. Uh, other than, I would say, if I had to make any critique about the manscape, it works better on your balls than your face. Why would you use that on your face? I don't know. Because you're an idiot. <laughs> why would you even? Why would you even raise that above your waist? Why? I can hear. I can hear Kitty laughing from the other side of the house. <laughs> I, I actually, I actually wrote a review to them, and I was like, because they, you know, they give you like the little, you know, the little thingamabobs that you can put on the on the end, like whatever you call these, like the little, you know, beard adjustment size things, whatever. And uh, it it came with one, and it just I'm using it on my on my beard. It's like it's not doing anything. I'm like it's it takes a lot of work to to do this. So I wrote a review on Amazon. I'm like. Yeah, you know this thing works a lot better for your 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 balls than it does your face. And I said, well, I probably shouldn't be using it on my face if I'm I'm, I'm using it on my balls. <laughs> and, yeah, I, I, and they I'm fucking perfect. reply to me. They're like, is there anything that we can do to make your experience better? And I, I like literally had nothing to say. I was like, no, I think you misunderstood me. I shouldn't be using this on my face. <laughs> Man, dude, you gotta have different sets of you gotta have different clippers for different parts of your body. <laughs> What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Come on. Come on. Come on. What the fuck are you thinking about? On, man? I'm, the only person that, I'm the only person that uses their, their, their face trimmer on their nuts, too? Come on. Man, dude. I, it's, it, I, I got a problem with shaving my armpit and putting it on my face. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing, man? <laughs> you, Even you, I you get that, up damn, the whole, You fucking up the whole man skate world man you 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 bullshitting man <laughs> always go full guard on your balls brother <laughs> man, you, that motherfucker goes on your balls and in a sack after that until you use it again uh that's 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 speculative nomad that just depends on how clean 
get KP or nuts. No. When you're, you're joking. No. no, sir. <laughs> if you take a shower and you shave and you, and you manscape your junk, what's the problem with using it on your face next? The idea, here's the idea, man. The idea is to get yourself from the from the from the waist down, right? Uh-huh. And that includes your your, your uh tool tool bag, mm-hmm. and that also includes your ass hair, man. You gotta get that too. If, if, How if are you, you getting to your ass hair? You like I, I if, picture if, you like bending over in a mirror in the in the bathroom, if you don't your leg up on the on the on the tub trying to get your ass hair. We're doing this for the ladies, man. If you don't do that with the amount of money you spent to get that trimmer, you're fucking up the church's money. Wait a minute. Are you talking about the ladies who like to toss salads now? No, they like to touch smooth. They like to touch smooth. They don't want to touch your hair. I hairy can't ass. remember the last time I felt my wife's hand on my asshole. Oh, no. Hey, uh, man. Shit. What kind of cut, kinky shit are that you doing, sh- Nomad? <laughs> <laughs> you're like, oh, no. shit. I, uh, I didn't mean to say that. <laughs> no, 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 no. Don't, don't, don't nobody be fucking around back there. But when you grab it, when you're doing your thing and you and somebody, she's got a grasp. She, she don't want to touch your, your fur, cheeks, She don't want to have a, a fur mat on your right. on ass She don't want to touch that shit. How would you I like it if you touch her and she's fur? I get it. You have hairy buttocks. You don't have a hairy asshole. I get it. Either way, man, get that shit up out of there. <laughs> That's all that shit. That's what it's for to get all okay, that shit so, out of there. So then the 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 uh the note for the day is uh have a separate trimmer for your balls in your face. Period. They live they live on two sides of your of your room. <laughs> I remember I was at my buddy's house. I was staying them, I was staying with them in the keys for like two weeks, and my shit my beard is getting long. I was like, dude, can I use your trimmers? He's like, mm, not if you not if you're okay with <laughs> Using those on my balls, man. <laughs> I was like, "No, fuck that! I'm not using those." Dude, I made the mistake. <laughs> I made the mistake of using a girl's trimmer on my on my grill on my face, man. And she walked in the bathroom. This is this is when I, you know when you first start, you know, dating a girl and y'all start getting comfortable with each other, and you know you're venturing in and out of her bathroom and in her house. Sometimes right. when she's not there, sometimes when you're not like- there. And you fuck around and you picked up the wrong fucking tool and you trimming around your face and shit or whatever you're doing. And that's 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 the coochie hair uh tripper. <laughs> wait, was it did you did you catch a whiff or did you see like as you're like going, you're like wait, I had no fucking idea. Hair. She came in and laughed at me. Oh gotcha. She came in and laughed see, at me. Difference either way. What does it matter? That's that's why I said you. They 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 remain on two sides of your room, so you don't get them confused. Man, did you go out and spend a hundred dollars on a manscaper to, to just shave your nuts with? I mean, Absolutely. I tell right. you what. How about how about this? Because they, they they have a uh, the blade on it is ceramic, and they give you an extra blade, so you're supposed to replace the blades every, every so often. What about if you just took Took the blade on and off, one for your nuts, one for your face. Nah. Nope. Nope. Have you have you spent different device? You spent you spent a hundred dollars on way, way worse things, haven't you? (laughs) Have you not? Sure, I have. All right then. (laughs) 
That's fucking hilarious. Let Lynn man. tell you she's a she's a she's a learned woman. She will tell you everything you need to know. Come on, Lynn. You don't take use us. I take a, advice a from a mature woman. I take advice from mature women. They they tell me what to do. <laughs> mature women don't don't she, she's she's probably got a gangle monster down there. She doesn't even need one. <laughs> hey, mature, hey, Lynn knows what the fuck's going on. Trust me. She's been around kidding. the block and she you knows. You know I love you, Lynn. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Well, she'd be laughing. She's probably she's probably on the floor right now, laughing her ass off at that. If I said it to her in person, I know she can handle it. <laughs> I wouldn't say anything. I wouldn't say to you in person, my dear. Hey, hey, you know it's a it's a beautiful sex can be a beautiful thing, but you have to pay attention to the signals. Mm-hmm. Women will tell you what you need to do to improve your presence and your performance. Just got to be willing to listen and acquiesce to it. Well, you hear that, Kitty? I got looks like I have to go out and get another one of these for my ball or for my face now. <laughs> you got to, man. You can't be fucking around. This ain't no <laughs> Una situation with your with your balls in your face, man. You gotta you gotta separate that shit, yeah. man. I hear you, man. I hear you. I think that's probably a good end of the show, huh? <laughs> we call it quiz if you want to. It's enough raunchy shit. Yeah, I have to uh, go set up a, a work desk for my lovely kitty. So um, I should probably get to that. Uh, anything else you want to wrap up with before we end the show? Just to say, man, I love and appreciate you guys. It's it's an honor and a pleasure to be on this show and just just to be broadcast out there to, you, to your ears and your eyes. Hey, man, I love bringing this to you guys, and I can't wait to the next time all the time. I love bringing it to you guys, and I always look forward to the next time. It's always fun to talk with you, you Nomad. Uh, it's been great having you back on the show. A lot of good laughs. I'm glad that I figured out your name is actually Mustafa now, so I'll make sure I, I'll change your name to Mustafa next time. Mustafa Shakir. <laughs> hey, as long as the women like it, I'm good. <laughs> like, How much do you look like that at all? Anything? Damn close. I got a lot more hair. So if, are you, do you look anything like this? Pretty much. I don't. I don't rock the beard though. No beard, huh? No, nah, I don't do that. You got earrings like that? Just a mustache, goatee, earrings. I do all that. Okay, there you go, Kitty. Let's let's play the the the, the, the who the fuck is Nomad one more time then. Right there. That's Nomad. His name is Mustafa, guys. <laughs> you know, that guy, that guy's been spending a lot of time with, with, with uh, I don't know what you call them, people that, that fix you all up and so you can take pictures, photographers in Hollywood. He spent a lot of time to get that picture together. Oh, yeah. You know he did, right? Yeah. You know he did. <laughs> He's got his, live, eyeball, his eyebrows all trimmed and shit. I live mostly off of charm. Yeah, I'm, I'm 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 decent looking. I ain't gonna run a girl away, but my it's the charm, man. Exactly, exactly. Uh, Steve Phillips says, "Glad you guys are back at the top of your games." Thank you very much, Chris or uh, Chris. Steve, that's my fucking cousin. I I know who he is. Uh, I was I was about to respond to you, Robert, by saying Merry Christmas to you all as well, Robert. Um, thank you all so much. We're not gonna we're not gonna see you again until after. Christmas, which is also my birthday. So let's give, let's all welcome 
Mr. Shorty, a happy 48th birthday coming up on this coming up Christmas. I would love to see that because, quite frankly, I'm sick of hearing about Christmas because it's my fucking birthday. You know, sucks being bur- being born on Christmas. Not when you're an only child because you get two gifts if you're lucky, like I did. Happy but, early birthday, you ancient motherfucker. Thank you very much, my friend. <laughs> I'm soon to be even more ancient. Ooh, getting closer to 50. You fucking fossil. <laughs> Artifact motherfucker. You're not far off, man. You're barely a fossil. You're, you're right behind me. <laughs> thank you, Adams. Or thank you, Adam, uh, very much for that, for the happy birthday wishes. I appreciate that. Um, we will be, Lynn and I will be back on, on Bears Country Podcast on, on my channel this Wednesday at 5.30, 5.45-ish p.m. Lynn is, Lynn here, in, Lynn Hayden in chat here is an absolute fucking blast. You guys should go make sure you check out her show, too, on her own channel. Uh, Lynn Hayden, Let's Talk Chicago Bears, as you can see there. Thank you, Lynn. And, uh, oh, happy birthday to you, Robert. Your, your birthday is close enough to mine, so that would make you... No, I'm a, I'm a Capricorn. You are not, right? Because it's the 21st or somewhere around there that it changes. So we're not the same, uh, the same sign. But thank you all very much. Here? Happy happy birthday to you too, Robert. Can I sneak in here? Please. Hey, Lynn, I'm coming for you, baby. <laughs> he found out you're single now, Lynn. Shit. <laughs> single and you live in vegas come on i'm coming for you <laughs> i'm coming for you baby <laughs> so you said uh, well we're gonna wrap this show up right now because it's 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 getting a little bit late and uh, i had a great time tonight nomad thank you very much for joining us again and it's great to be back on you with the barroom there's a lot more to come in the future uh on the barroom network for the two of us so stay tuned for that and um, I just want to say to everyone out there, thank you all so much in chat for joining us tonight. Thank you all so much for, for supporting the barroom. Thank you all so much for supporting Bears Country Podcast. Without you, uh, this would not be happening. So thank you all so much for joining us tonight. We hope that we entertained you and that you had a good time. And we will continue to do that next Monday on the barroom network as well. Like I said, Wednesday, you can catch Lynn and I on Bears Country Podcast, as well as uh, I do another show, uh, Last Call at Hallis Hall, on Thursdays. And we'll have some more interesting stuff to talk about then. So until then, thank you all so much. Merry Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas to you all. And a happy birthday to me. Nomad? Fuck you all very much. See you, to ne- see you next time. All right. Ready? On three. One, two, three. Bears.